Hi, uh, my name is Brad Klein. I'm with TurfNet Renovation Report. This is a um, conversation we're going to have with Superintendent Stephen Miles of the Preserve in Van Cleve, Mississippi. Just a reminder to our listeners that the TurfNet Renovation Report is uh, brought to you by our sponsors, Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and Capillary Bunkers. Stephen, how are you doing down there in uh, Van Cleve, Mississippi? Oh, we're doing really well. We've had a great fall, beautiful weather for the first time this year. We had a really wet year starting in January up to about September. We probably had over about a hundred, close to 100 inches of rain, and our seasonal average rainfall is, is usually 67 inches. But thank the Lord, starting in October, things have dried out, and uh, we've been on a, a much drier trend and had had some beautiful golfing weather last four to six weeks, probably stayed in the 70s and 50s. So right now I love where I work and I love where I live. Uh, probably wouldn't have said that very often the seven or eight months prior to that. To that. I gather you've been at the preserve. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the preserve is in the uh, extreme southeast corner of Mississippi, uh, not far from the Gulf Shore. What are you, about 10, 12 miles inland? Yes, sir. Uh, how long have you been there at the preserve and um, how did you get there? And then we'll ask about how things have changed since you got there. But, uh, well, I cut my teeth in Birmingham, uh, Country Club Birmingham and, and Willow Point Country Club in central Alabama area. Willow Point was a construction job, so I made contacts and relationships with uh, a lot of the contractors. And, and that led to uh, a connection here at the Preserve Golf Club. And, and I landed this job uh, in 2005 about three months before Katrina. Was this a, a growing at the preserve? I know yes. it's, a, it's a Jerry paid course, a part of a real estate and it's public. Is that right? Yes. It's a, a public resort golf course. We're tied to the palace casino resort, uh, Jerry Pate golf course, uh, middle of the, of the wilderness nature conservancy owns the 1200 acres all around us. We're an Audubon silver signature golf course, 200 acres of land with about 90 acres of usable land. Uh, surrounded by wetlands, a lot of natural native habitat, no houses on the facility. Uh, so it's it's a nice nice place to work. And uh, were you the grow-in superintendent or came there as the tail? Uh, I, I was the grow-in superintendent, yes sir. Mm -hmm. So what's it like uh, in terms of the grasses you have and the climate? I gather it's uh, very wet, uh, very humid, uh, very steamy hot in the summer as well. It is, uh, you know, a typical year average rainfall is supposed to be around 67 inches. I think since I've been here, we've hit that number maybe once. Uh, most years, the last 15 years, we've been in the 80 to 90 inch range. We've got a really good stand of, of 419 Bermuda grass, Tifway Bermuda grass from uh, tea to green. Uh, very clean, not a lot of mutations, not a lot of segregation. We did a renovation in 2014 and we switched over from Tiff Dwarf to Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass with uh, Tiff Grand collars. For the most part, that's majority of the grasses. We've got some centipede and in, in, in some native areas and we've got some Zeon zoysia at the front entrance, but for the most part, Tiff Way 419 and Tiff Eagle. So why would you go through a renovation and change over grasses that soon, only seven, eight, uh, eight years after opening? Well, we were at I would say a typical new build construction golf course and a mistake that is probably made far too often is the superintendent's the last person to be hired instead of the first person. And 
we're the best people to make decisions and are actually the the ownership representative and there was some decisions made on infrastructure that didn't hold up over time so we had a dirty sand uh, greens mix and we also had a sodic irrigation water source and those two things interacted with each other and we had a tough time keeping greens alive keeping the grass on the greens alive and this was tiff dwarf and uh, experience before coming here was actually bent grass trying to keep that alive in the south and had done that fairly successfully and and uh, man i caught more gray hair trying to keep tiff dwarf alive and you know, frankly, we were just really pretending that we were a good golf course, but we were really spinning our wheels and working really hard just trying to keep grass alive. Uh, so we did a lot of study, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, networking and reaching out to people. And uh, I guess probably in 2013, we had a neat little uh, setup where when we built our golf course our chip and green was built out of our original greens mix and then our teaching green was built out of a different source for coming from honey island louisiana that was a sand mixed with uh, permapore and then we also had another third set of green when it came time to build our nursery green it was honey island had been hit by Hurricane Katrina, and we could no longer get that sand. So we bought, brought in another sand that was a clean source and very coarse and didn't have any kind of amendments in it. So in 2013, we did a test renovation and we renovated the chipping green, teaching green, and nursery green, three different sand sources. And the Honey Island sand was a good clean sand mixed with permapore. And I mean, it, the sand tilt, the, the color of the sand, everything was just as beautiful as could be, white root, roots going all the way down through the sand to the root zone, probably seven or eight inch roots. Get over to the nursery green, not an amendment in it. The sand probably perked 60 inches an hour, but the roots were beautiful, you know, healthy green, nothing wrong with it. What you expect on an eight year old green. And then we do the chipping green which was the original sand mix and it was just i mean you could squeeze water out of the root zone it was it was just nasty brown look to it with the red thin layer going over the top of the gravel layer and so basically what had happened that dirty sand had some clay that was a fine clay that was on the sand aggregate and that interacted with our sodic irrigation water and and translocated down to our gravel layer and just sealed us off so we had a very wet root zone, nematodes, light quality issues, water quality issues, all those things we addressed during our renovation. And since then, we've spent less money per year maintaining our greens, but we have had the best putting surfaces that we've ever had. They've gotten better every year. All of our customers, the, the feedback that we get is just off the charts on the consistency. And it, we've had so much fun, you know, working to see how good we can make a putting surface versus working to see if we can just keep something alive. Yeah. Um, those who may not know it, your golf course was designed by Jerry Pate. Um, and uh, Pate is an unusual character uh, in terms of his intensity, his knowledge, and his confidence and his knowledge. Um, tell us what it was like in terms of that uh, selection process. I mean, was that a was that a decision you made in terms of your own observations, 
to what extent did uh, Pate and his uh, and Steve Dana, his uh, design associate, uh, play in that process? As, as far as during the renovation or during yeah. the uh, yeah during the renovation, uh, well, you know, of course, Jerry was our original designer, and he was selected before we were uh, we before I before I came on board, and for I think for seven years. He, he actually worked with the developer, uh, not knowing if this golf course was going to be built because it was just financial, you know, trying to find an investor. And uh, so it, it drug on for a little while. And finally, it came to fruition and, and the golf course start, was uh, being built. Uh, you know, going back to what I said earlier, you know, it's a unique site, 200 acres of land, but only 90 acres is usable. So I think the best compliment that I can give to Jerry as far as the design of the facility is he was handcuffed. I, I mean, there was very, very limited routing. We've had, I mean, literally 90 acres to work with, and he was able to uh, do a really good job putting a golf course together. And uh, it flows really, really well with a lot of risk versus reward and, and, and a lot of beauty and character to the golf course. Uh, Jerry is, uh, he, he's a great salesman, knows how to, to uh, sell his name and and is a very confident architect and um, I think if you are uh, able to work with people that have big and large personalities like he has it, he's also a, a great asset I thought he was a fantastic as asset for me during the renovation speaking up for the superintendent and uh, you know if he, if he had an issue and, and you didn't like it if you if you he would recognize that and uh, and, and support you. So, uh, I had a good a good relationship with Jerry throughout the renovation, uh, uh, or th throughout the construction. And then in the renovation time, when it came came time to uh, put the deal together, you know, I was the one going out finding our uh, construct our project manager and buying the materials. You know, I figured out what we wanted to do to kind of correct what we had done on the greens, and we hired Jerry Pate. Uh, again, to come in and just kind of give their blessings on what the surface was going to be at the, uh, at what the playing surface was going to be. So, and how a lot of it was in-house, an in-house team effort during the renovation. Uh, how extensive was the regrassing structurally? Did you have to rebuild the greens, core them out? Uh, or what? Yes, we, we, we completely uh, cored them out. We top-dressed the sand that from our old greens mix out onto our fairways, mm -hmm. uh, blew them up, started back over. We, uh, we had problems with settling of our greens, especially being in the wetland area with all the rainfall. So we were getting little bird baths on our old greens also. And uh, so I knew that that was an issue. So we went in and uh, we, we uh, lined our, all of our greens with the geotextile fabric just to make sure that the greens were gonna stay there and not move. Uh, we put in uh, a precision air loop, which means, uh, you know, four inch pipe on basically eight inch centers all the way across throughout the greens. And we had a loop going in around the greens. And so we've got the ability now to, to move air throughout the, throughout the root zone, which the old greens, we had a terrible time of black layer. So since that time, we've never had a problem with black layer. Uh, we chose a very coarse sand that uh, percolated around 60 inches per hour and chose a, uh, an amendment known as zeolite that, is able to handle interactions with sodium a little bit better. And uh, we handled the quality control. You know, the sand producer probably got tired of seeing me because I would, when he was producing the sand, we, I was there physically watching him and we were testing and, 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 and putting up, you know, sending in testing samples and 
We had buy-in from our staff of several quality control managers where if there was a, a delivery of our, of our sand, you know, it didn't hit the ground until one of my guys crawled up in the back of that truck to check it. And, uh, and we had people while the greens were getting built, they, did, they may not have known what they were seeing, but they had a notebook that made it look like they did. And they just sat there while the green was being constructed. To, so we, we knew that we had an issue the first time and we were gonna make sure we weren't gonna have an issue after the, after the renovation. And uh, luckily we were successful. Is that when you, did you rebuild your bunkers at the same time that you rebuilt the greens? We did, uh, took advantage of that while we were down. We had a, uh, I think it was sand down liner was what it was called. And they were seven to eight, eight years old. Typically that's the lifespan of the bunker liners and took advantage of that while we were there. It's not that we had bad bunkers then, but uh, just took advantage of the opportunity. And that's when we decided to go in with capillary concrete and uh, used a, uh, a manufactured sand out of Georgia of, uh, from golf agronomics uh, known as uh, G angle sand. And mm -hmm. so far we've had great, great luck. It's, ha it's handled all the rainfall that we've had very well. We've bought one truckload over the last seven years. And that's just because of our chipping green of uh, going through the sand to replace it. But other than that, it's, it's held up well. And I love the, the capillary concrete for me. The big thing was I knew what concrete would do over a hundred years continues to cure it continues to get harder and uh, I like that I, I just didn't really know what the pet polyethylene type products were going to do over that same amount of time and, and from my standpoint I wanted to know that hopefully if I did a bunker renovation that it was going to be my last bunker renovation here at the Preserve Golf Club that they'd be able to hold up and to the uh, and stand the test of time and so far, they, they've done that. Another thing for us, you know, the rainfall, the amounts of rain, I didn't know for sure if we were going to have dry weather when we were trying to install them. And right. with concrete, you can still apply the capillary concrete, even if it's moist or high humidities or rainfall, you can still have the ability to get it to cure. So I knew that wasn't going to delay us during the construction project. Um, you mentioned that soon after you got there, a little hurricane came by. Is that right? Yep, just, yeah. just a little one, just a little one, Hur Hurricane Katrina. Uh, <laughs> I got there in March of 2005, and, and Katrina, we, it, it was a weird year that year. Um, the whole time that we were trying to build the golf course, it would not quit raining. And the way the cycle was going that year, the storms would line up about two counties north of us, and they'd come down like a freight train every afternoon and I'm like what on earth have we gotten ourselves into so when we didn't need the rain it rained every day then we get a little small storm uh, actually ended up being Hurricane Cindy I think in July and then comes back and Katrina hits us again in September uh, and then fortunately we were still under construction so we had some contractors that were on site and it you know it put down a good bit of trees and we had a lot of driftwood that came up out of Old Fort Bayou, which if you've ever been to our golf course, there's a bridge you've come across when you're coming into our facility. Right. So that came out of its banks and laid some uh, piles of driftwood out onto some of our fairways. So we had a good bit of that to get rid, burn and get rid of and, and a lot of smaller trees to, uh, to pick up and cut up, but we had the equipment here. And, and actually there was some blessings, you know, there was, 
two or three trees that we wanted down but hadn't really gotten approval to be taken down and and I you know it wasn't it wasn't a chainsaw that took those things down it was Katrina that just had took the two or three trees that needed to be done too so um but yeah Katrina hit and uh, got back op got opened for play in 2006 and got into our clubhouse in 2007. Mm -hmm. You've been there now through uh, quite a bit uh, is it what's your sense of how the weather cycle is working out are you seeing elsewhere in the country up in the north for example the anecdotal evidence is we're seeing maybe just the same amount of rain but in more intense storms and so a lot of superintendents feel like they're dealing with uh, more intense drought interspersed with more intense storms uh, so it kind of a uh, it you know it's extreme on both edge both ends. yeah I don't know how since I've been here, we've always had intense storms. In fact, the first first year when I was hired, uh, the first meeting that we had, and the architects and ownership contractors, everybody was involved. And I remember being in the first meeting, and it was in a metal building in Biloxi, and the rain for that entire hour. I mean, it just felt like we were, you know, getting ravaged by bombs or something. I mean, it was crazy. And it was just so intense. And we had literally had six inches of rain in an hour back in 2005. And that's the only storm I've seen where you could come out around hole 14 and 15 and see the entire plains underwater. Um, so in my experience, and of course that started with Hurricane Katrina. So, right. you know, that's about as harsh as you can get too. Mm -hmm. um, we've gotten lucky on a lot of the storms since that time. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of them been hitting Louisiana here lately, but for, for us, it's, it's either got awful amounts of rain, you know, it may be two, three, four inch events at a time. And when it sets in, it just really doesn't want to stop. Then we hit dry spells, you know, and it, and the faucet just turns off and, and basically, and that's what happened with Katrina that year. It rained, you know, every day when we didn't want it, Katrina hit, and then we didn't get a drop of rain all the way till January the following year. Yeah. when we needed it because we were planting all our native areas and everything else. So I kind of went back to what I was speaking to earlier. I tried to make that point, but didn't get back around to it. But. Yeah, for those of you so that I don't know, know I tell you, the only thing I've, I've noticed for us is probably the warmth in the wintertime. We seem to be a little bit warmer during the winters. Mm -hmm. uh, the first few years, it seemed like we had to use our winter tarps, and it's been a while. It's been, you know, probably – I don't know, six years since we really had a good cold snap down here where I thought that I needed to take out the covers. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the, uh, the preserve is basically exactly in between New Orleans and Mobile, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Mobile, Alabama. If you drew a line, you'd basically be right there in the middle, pretty close. Um, so you, you're right there in the Hurricane Alley. And uh, I have played the course several times. It's very enjoyable. It's, uh, it's a very interesting essentially raised uplands in between a lot of wetlands and low-lying areas but uh, there's a lot of generous landing area and fairway out there i assume that all the fairways are draining out into those lateral basins on the side is that how it is that how it, you're able to uh, keep the golf course dry well with us being the audubon silver signature sanctuary which the audubon was involved before the construction and 
a typical golf course, most everything drains to the lakes directly. And, and a lot of facilities will have problems managing the algae and the nutrients that goes into these areas. For us, pretty much everything drains into our catch basins and then out into our wetlands, like you said, are, are there through uh, some kind of vegetative filtration. Correct. But it's surface runoff for the most part. It's not subsurface. Correct. That's uh-huh. right. Yeah, sur- surface runoff. And how high is your water table? How how close to the uh, the base of your golf course? You know, it, I don't. It's, it varies. It's 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 you can get like if you get out towards fourteen, you mm-hmm. get more into the coastal plains, and and uh, it's low, and you expect that the water table would be very high there. A lot of times, you'll see those areas maybe are a little drier than what you had expected, but then we'd get up on the bluff which what I would call the bluff would be like up towards 18 mm-hmm. and hole number 10, higher elevation. And you would expect that, that area to be the drier spot and you'd have, and you'll have water, uh, water table will be higher and, and, and closer to the surface. So it, it varies throughout the facility. Yeah. Well, your, your highest point is probably only about 35 feet above sea level. So yeah. you yeah. don't have a lot of room to work with there. You're, you're uh, like a big sponge out there. Actually. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's a very neat, neat uh, environmental habitat around us too. Uh, you know, me being from North Mississippi, totally different environment. When we were under construction, I remember walking down our entrance road, and hole number thirteen was was being built, and one of the contractors had just come through and, and cleared the vegetation in between the where the tea and the green was going to be. Mm-hmm. And you look across it, and it was the most beautiful field of yellow flowers you would thought they were tulips and you get over there and get closer to them and they're pitcher plants. And I mean, they were looked like a, a flower from Mars to me at the time. And I just thought they were gorgeous. And you start learning a little bit more about our habitat and the longleaf pine savanna that, uh, and, and the carnivorous plants that are indigenous to, to the area. And they, a lot of the wildlife people around us will tell us that if you look down at a square yard in our native areas, you can see, as a high density of biodiversity as, as about anywhere in the Northern hemisphere. It's just all small things. And we have two or three different carnivorous plants that are indigenous to, to our site. And so it's, it's a really neat place. And to watch what the Nature Conservancy does as far as implementing fire into the management of the natives surrounding us, we've kind of mimicked them and copied them in a lot of ways. And, and our core superintendent now, Jeremy Stevens, uh, which I'm the director of the facility. Jeremy Stevens is a certified burn manager. So he's, uh, he's watched what those guys do and we'll implement fire into the operation and to maintain our brush throughout the facility and try to get it to match up with what it looks like surrounding us. Uh, we love the views that we see. We love being able to see throughout the golf course. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of facilities tend to be overgrown with brushes and, you, and, you, and, and trees and you lose those sight lines. And we've, we've lost a little bit of them here and there, but, we try to keep up with the jungle, you know, and that's what I call it. I mean, it's, you don't see too many golf courses when you walk through the forest or you walk through jungles. It's, we're not supposed to be there. So that jungle wants to win, and those trees grow three foot a year, and they, they're going to compete against you for every living resource that you have as a facility, and they're going to get the nutrients first. They're going to get the light first. They're going to get the air and the water first. So I got to take them out, and, and that's what we try to do annually and this is the time of year when we start hitting the vegetation again trying to keep the golf course thriving mm-hmm. um, we're going to take a little break here i'm with Stephen miles of the preserve this is turf net renovation report 
uh, brought to you by our sponsors, Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and Capillary Bunkers. From fairway and greens drainage to full-scale renovation work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind of knowing the professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Since 2005, Golf Preservations has meticulously installed over 500 miles of drainage pipe on more than 300 golf courses nationwide, always keeping disruption of play to a minimum. Visit GolfPreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to speak with us about your next drainage or renovation project. Introducing Genesis RX, a line of comprehensive fertility and soil amendment solutions specifically designed for airification, construction, renovation, sodding, sprigging, and seeding. These blends represent the most comprehensive fertilizers the Andersons have ever produced, offering single product solutions designed to simplify fertility and save time in application. To learn more, visit andersonsplantnutrient.com slash turf. The capillary bunker system keeps bunker moisture at optimal levels to eliminate washouts, soil contamination, plugged ball lies, and other bunker maintenance and playability problems. The patented capillary bunker system not only rapidly drains rain from storms, but also moves moisture back up to the bunker sand through capillary action as needed during drier weather. Capillary bunkers last longer, average a three-year payback, and provide better, more consistent player experiences, all with a 10-year performance guarantee. For more information, visit capillarybunkers.com. We are back now uh, with the TurfNet Renovation Report. I'm with Stephen Miles, uh, the uh, Director of Operations. Is that right? Uh, at the Correct. Preserve. Um, and uh, we want to thank our sponsors, Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and Capillary Bunkers. Uh, this is a very unusual time for the golf industry. I, I suspect it's the same in southern Mississippi as it is elsewhere in the country in terms of level of play demand and also uh, labor issues as well. Now you, you're in a hospitality area with the considerable casino uh, trade in the, in, in the area. What's it been like for you in terms of recruiting and uh, uh, retaining staff? Where we live, we're out a little bit more into the country. And so we have more of a, a rural type uh, county, you know, north of the interstate of small towns and you know the entire 15 years that I've been here man the kids the high school kids and the college kids have always bailed us out you know I, it, things would start to get tight and I'm like oh we're, we're we're fixing to start having problems and then here comes some more kids looking for jobs and and at times I'll, I'll pick on Jeremy you know you talk to these kids man they're going to be lawyers and doctors and and just really high Q people and and I'll pick with them I'll tell them man our staff they have they're smarter than we are and I had been truly blessed from that standpoint this past year has been tough this past two or three months we've been using uh, uh, contract labor 
you know, trying to fill our needs because it, it's been, it's been hard. Uh, he, luckily he's, you know, he's basically like a, a professional recruiter for us. You know, it, it works out where if, if that kid, if he finds us somebody and, and they work so many hours, you know, we're going to have the opportunity to be able to hire them and, uh, as far as a full-time uh, standpoint. And a lot of them still are tending to be young kids in the surrounding area, uh, really bright kids. So, so far we're, we're doing okay. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've always felt that we were kind of insulated from a labor standpoint compared to what I would hear from uh, a lot of other people in my network because they've really been complaining about it for a long time. And, but it's really been hitting us pretty hard this past year. Yeah. Are they coming off farms or small towns or? Where yeah, just coming? small towns and, and going to school, just going to school mm -hmm. really is what it is. And do any of them foresee a future for themselves in the career in the, in the golf maintenance side of things? You know, I, I have not seen a lot of kids inquiring about it. No, yeah. no. You know, and you would expect you see in a lot of high school kids and uh, being the hard workers that they are, you, that they would come up to you more often and, and, and ask questions about, hey, I would like to do what you do. Because I think my job looks cool, especially from a kid standpoint. Man, they get to see me coming out on the golf course in this nice cart riding around and got a dog running beside me. I mean, that looks like a really good job. Um, and it is a good job, but no, they don't express the interest into it as much as, as, as I would expect. Hopefully that's about to start turning around maybe with more, maybe they're smart. Maybe they look into what I do and maybe they see that it's a dead end job for a lot of people and that you're going to have to, you know, work as a grunt for 10 years now, you know, cause that's, that's kind of what it's come to. Well, it's not a, in a lot of ways. It's not a dead end for those who have an education. There's so much That's opportunity right. for AITs and for assistance these days. Well, it's definitely not a it's definitely not a dead end. But meaning, you know, from where when I was in school, mm -hmm. you know, heck, they were telling you uh, go be a go go get your degree and be an assistant for two to three years to go be a superintendent. And uh, man, while I was in school, that went from two to three to seven years. Right. And now it's, it's even longer. You got to be, you got to love what you're doing and really be patient and network, be great at networking. Um, so it's, it's changed. I think, I think a lot of people see easier paths uh, for their career. And, uh, but I, th I think the economy should start changing that hopefully. Uh, who is your, uh, what sort of golfers do you get there? Are they from local all over the country? What sort of folks are playing there? <laughs> We've got us a, a, a small membership of local play, probably about 150 to 200 people. And then we have, we work a, a tremendous amount of stay and play packages through the Palace Casino that tends to be more of the local region drive-in crowd from mm -hmm. the New Orleans area, uh, you know, Atlanta, Birmingham. We get a good bit of people driving down from Chicago. Uh, most of it's the drive-in. Uh, I think we're a little difficult to get to a lot of times from the, uh, airport but we do have people flying in I, i'm i'm surprised i, I you know i met a guy a, a new member that just moved in from pennsylvania uh, a couple of days ago i'm starting to see a lot of a lot of different variety of people coming into the to our region to play golf it's a big area for military retirees isn't it it is, is. I remember because yes, you've got the military base down in gulfport biloxi Mm -hmm. that's right and, and i would assume cost of living is very reasonable compared to a lot of other major set yes i would think it's a it's a very good deal very good mm -hmm. deal and there's a lot yeah a lot of growth growth potential here 
Yeah. Well, is that coming out from Mobile or just coming out from Gulfport, Biloxi, or what? The the growth, I think, just being on the Gulf Coast, Mississippi, with the uh, with the casinos and the tourism, uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast just has a lot of things going on um, as as far as the tourism industry. A lot of a lot of growth potential. And then and we've got great fishing. You know, other other than a little bit of rainfall, we've got great fishing, great casinos, great food. You know, we we kind of tie into that New Orleans market a little bit as far as the quality food and the restaurants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, in terms of your golf course, um, are there, uh, have you had to go to labor saving new technologies, uh, uh, you know, fairway units, automated mowers, any of that uh, technology now, are you seeing any of that being adopted in the South, mid South? Well, uh, we, deep south, you know, we know. don't, we're not able to, uh, justify it yet on the price point, you know, as far as like the robotic fairway mowers looking at those and, and the, the price point and what we're able to get labor for. Yeah, I don't see it as a good investment for us yet. Uh, same deal with uh, sprayers, GPS units where we don't have quite enough maintained turf area to really justify that, that additional expenditure. Uh, we use a, a ton of technology though, you know, as far as water sensors and, 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 things like that to help us do be better as far as our water management. Uh, you're drawing your water from local aquifers, I would assume, is that right? Correct, correct. And is there a chemical imbalance that you have to adjust for in order to uh, let the, uh, the Bermuda flourish? Well, the, the, our original water was, uh, came from our 400 foot aquifer. Wow. And that was chosen because it had adequate amounts of water, meaning I can get, I've got a well that, you know, pumps close to 400 gallons per minute. And a lot of the locals would have told you back then when we were looking at different water sources that you didn't want to be shallow. And number one, you didn't want to be in the shallow well, which is about the 90 foot aquifer because you couldn't quite get the amount of water that you may need. And also the thought was that it was heavy in iron. And so the, the decision was made to go to the deeper aquifer. Well, the deeper aquifer, unfortunately for us, is, is a sodic water source with a pH of 8.9. And sodic water means it's high in sodium. It's not a salt problem. It's not that it's too much in salt. It's just the only thing that's in that water, basically, is the sodium ion. And so the, the more often you're using that water, that's what's gonna start building up in your soil. And as sodium will build up in your soil, it'll deflocculate the soil and you'll start having infiltration issues. And we started seeing that early on in the, in the operation of the facility and plants were going into stress way sooner than they should. Uh, you, if we put in a French drain into our fairway, you, maybe the top inch would be wet, but down below, where the trencher was working, we'd have dust coming up out of the bottom of the trench where it would just seal everything off. Wow. Uh, and this was a major issue with our greens, especially with the contamination of the clay. That sodium gets in there and interacts with that clay and deflocculates and starts uh, hurting and destroying your soil infrastructure. The, with, whenever we did our renovation in 2014, we started experimenting and looking for alternatives on our water. And we went up the road to our neighbors and asked if permission if we could take a water sample off their tap and then we sent it off to get tested because we knew it was coming from that 90 foot aquifer and come to find out it was not high in iron, 
what it was, it was an ultra pure water source. And an ultra pure water source is highly corrosive. And whenever it interacts with the metal of the pumps, yeah. it starts rusting and that looks, makes it look like you've got an iron problem. So yeah. I think that's probably where some of that came from. Uh, so we dug us a new well in the 90 foot aquifer and we have to be very frugal with our water. You know, if that well, that well maybe can get hundred gallons per minute and it may can run 12, or excuse me, it's about 300 gallons per minute. And, but it, all, it can only run for maybe eight, nine hours at a time. So we try to do a lot of hand watering. We try to uh, minimize the use of overheads as much as we can, just to try to make sure that we use the good quality irrigation. And it's crazy what water can do, the different sources, even on our yeah. brand new greens yeah. with, that could drain as fast as they could. You know, we weren't, we weren't on them for maybe a year and our new well went down for maybe three months and I had to go back to that old irrigation source. And I'm not kidding you, within two, two months, you could already see a lot of the stresses on the brand new greens as you did on the old greens, just because it's changing that pH and, that, and the addition of that sodium. Okay. So yeah. with our, and then with our old irrigation source, we played around with a lot of gypsum. Yeah, sure. Gypsum injection to try to counteract that ion. Uh, then we found uh, for us now, because of that ultra pure water, the corrosiveness to it, is actually a detrimental to our pump station, right? It can start corroding and, and it start having issues with it. So we'll actually treat our irrigation water now with calcium chloride. We'll, we'll do one to two tons of, hmm. of uh, irrigation or drinking water quality, pure calcium chloride. And uh, we have a, a, a junction box with a manhole cover where the well comes in and we can take a, take a uh, forklift out there with that one ton sack and, and dump it in there while the well's running and it'll run on out into our irrigation. And our irrigation lake is lined, so it's like a big old storage tank for us anyway. But it just dirties up that water a little mm -hmm. bit for us. Then you've got three, of, I'm looking at three or four ponds on the golf course, which is the irrigation on 18? Uh, that'd be on hole one. Hole one, hole four t, four t, yep. On the right, yep. Yep. And the other ponds that you have are for what? Just uh, recycling the water? Uh, they are just part of the architecture. A lot of the, a lot of the, where the ponds are, are is where the soil came from to build the hole, holes. Ah. Like the first hole built was the, uh, you know, of course, when they were building the golf course, they were trying to be as uh, frugal as possible with mm -hmm. the with the construction. So the uh, cheapest contractor got selected and the cheapest contractor had only built road, roads. Right, of course. And he, he gets on hole number eight and he starts trying to dig out that lake and I wasn't even here at that time. And he was unable to get off the whole eight. He started going about it the wrong way. And then they bring in another contractor after, after that one. But uh, hole number eight was, that's where all the soil came from. And that was the first hole built and it was the last one that we were able to sod because it was just so wet. I mean, just nasty muck, people right. getting stuck left and right. Never dried out until we put sod on it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's funny, yeah. Well, it, it, the guy walking uh, on the space mission gets out of the lunar module, and the first thing he says to Houston is, I sure hope this job didn't go to the lowest bidder. <laughs> yes, yes. That's a, that's a very good statement. Yeah, well... I think everybody in the golf industry is learning that uh, it, it, it pays to get things done right. And, and Man, it, it's just like building a house. I mean, it is absolutely just important. I, I, I've heard some really wise, smart people make the statement, 
in the golf industry, you know, that sand is just sand. And no, it's not, buddy. You, you, it is a precise selection right. of materials right. and it needs to be of the highest quality that you possibly can. That's going to be the foundation, the engine of your facility for the rest of its life, hopefully. And you want to get the best return on investment possible. You can see it in our facility for sure. I mean, it's just night and day different from the first set of greens to the second set of greens, the performance and the ease of operation and maintenance. Mm -hmm. And do you find the same thing with bunker sand as well? Yeah, especially, you know, for like capillary concrete or a uh, better billy bunker or any of these sands where they have a uh, uh, aggregate underneath with yeah. a gravel, you know, it's, there's a reason why you need a, a, a bridging analysis done on your greens. You know, you need to make sure that that sand is going to bridge and stay over the top of that pea gravel and not seek into those channels and seal you off from the bottom. So it's the same concept really on those, on those bunkers. You need to make sure you have a, a specific size sand that's going to, you know, compact and do what you want from a playability standpoint, but you better make sure that it's going to sit up top and not get down into your uh, gravel layer and your capillary concrete or whatever else that you're using. Um, so that, yeah, that was that was one of the big reasons why we selected the sand that we did. Uh, we had another local source that it just did not bridge, did not meet that specification that it needed to. Uh, all the time we're talking, you've got your assistant there in the background. Uh, tell us about uh, one-year-old Leo there. Uh, Leo's our golden doodle. We, well, he's about a year old, and we brought him. You know, my wife actually. Uh, I think she saw a meme on, on Facebook and they said, raise your hand if you managed to get through the pandemic without one buying a, uh, a dog or another two, no, number two was buying an air fryer. And I can't remember what the third one was, but we were raising our hand on every one of them. Right. Um, I lost my first puppy probably two or three years ago and didn't think I was ever going to be able to replace him because I loved him so much. And he built two golf courses with me, um, but we went out and, and picked him out and, yeah, you can see he's he's run the golf course a couple of times because I don't think he's moved during the whole interview. He's he's sleeping really well right now. Well, Stephen, uh, Miles, I want to thank you very much. And uh, I've, I've been lucky enough to play your golf course. We met a couple of times out there over the years. I think Jerry Payton was with us at least one of those times. It's a pleasure. I hope for your sake uh, that the weather uh, calms down a little bit out there in terms of the rain. You get to dry out a bit. But uh, recommend it's, it's a it's a wonderful place it's a great I, i'm not a hunter or a fisherman but uh, if i were it would be a very attractive place out there the, the preserve well you need to come back and play with me that way me and you both can play golf very badly together as we go around you know well, Stephen miles of the preserve thanks on behalf of turfnet renovation report and our sponsors golf preservation stay anderson's and uh, capillary bunkers thank you very much thank you Brad. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.